0: Yes, yes, this is it, my masterpiece, the only painting with the power to heal the world. Gaia, you will forgive us. The last sins of humanity have been vanquished today. Namaste, and God help us all. Man, I hope nothing bad happens to me now.
1: The following is an archive podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled, Who Shot Dr. Yinz? It is the first of two episodes of the podcast. If anyone says anything about how that's not the premise of E1, Guess what,
2: Einstein? We have done 200 episodes so far, stupid ass. Shut up and stop sucking on your cum towel for a minute and actually listen. You fucking ungrateful, disloyal fans that drag us down so much. Welcome to the 200th episode of E1.
1: That sound that plays when a newspaper spins, like
3: Extra, extra, famous scientist Dr. Izzabana, world-famous scientist featured prominently in many episodes, is ready to reveal his masterpiece, the painting that will heal the world, print exclusive you can't find on the internet yet. He calls this painting an IRL
1: NFT, pretty interesting opinion. As the dirty newspaper boy who lives in a fifth-story walk-up with his ten Italian immigrant siblings peddles his hot newspaper scoop, we see a man standing next to him who appears to be completely golden, just like my neighbor Oscar, an eccentric man who paints himself completely gold as an homage to a famous awards show, the Golden Globes.
2: Who dares disturb opulence? The man covered completely in gold! Whoa!
3: You're a strange-looking fella. Are you an actor in a... film? Movies exist
2: only to enfeeble the already pathetic brains of the stupid and ugly masses. I am Opulence, the man whose skin alone is worth a million dollars, and whose brain is worth as much as a dinner with Jay-Z. Now tell me, why must you disturb me with your incessant yammering?
3: Well, sir, it's just... I get paid for how many newspapers I sell. And for some reason, we still sell them for only a nickel. So I need to sell a lot. You would walk into a McDonald's to tell the cashier, why are you bothering me? I'm providing a service. You know why I'm here. Now that I think of it, you're the one who's disturbing
2: me, actually. Silence! Let me take a look at that headline. I know you yelled it, but I was thinking about how I was going to yell at you for disturbing me, so I don't remember.
1: Opulence grabs a newspaper from the boy. Which headline? Megan Trainer
3: kisses Mary Steinberger during her performance at the Tea Choice Awards.
2: No, this one. Yin's Pen's
3: Gem. Pretty pretty painting
2: pleases people's peepers, promises peace for planet. What paper is this anyway? Wait. The silly old-time news?
3: The Silly Old Time News is older than the New York Times. In fact, it used to be called the Silly News. That's how old it is.
2: Be that as it may, this news of a painting that could heal the world, it disturbs opulence. Humankind will never be able to ascend to godhood in a world with no chaos or evil. This painting must be destroyed. Simply put, this much beauty serves only to distract man from his goals self-discipline, mental strength training, and the complete obliteration of all sexual organs.
3: Hey, mister, you gotta pay for that paper. No, the scene's about to end anyway.
1: Just a few blocks away from the lice-infested newspaper boy, there's a sign that reads, John TV Plugins TV Outlet. And if you knew the guy, you'd know his middle name simply stands for Thomas Victor and actually is a reference to his grandpa who lived before TVs. But anyway, the point is, he has a lot of TVs in the front window so that people walking by can see the news. A slack-jawed hype beast stands in front of a wall of TVs, mumbling something about honor as the news shows an image of Dr. Jens Libyana gesticulating wildly in front of a draped canvas while being interviewed by Barbara Walters. He clenches his fist.
0: It's actually crazy, Barbara. I saw a John Lennon documentary and basically it was really good. I didn't finish it, so don't tell me how it ends or where John Lennon lives now, but basically he just imagines stuff all the time. Silly things, serious things, sometimes shitty things. Uh, his fans would do anything for him, and one of his ideas was to heal the world. And I thought that was a pretty easy idea, and I'm surprised no one has done it yet, so I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Well, Dr. Yinz,
2: thank you for sitting down with me. For anyone who's interested in this eccentric man's masterwork, it will be displayed tomorrow at high noon at the Dr. Yins Museum of Instant Classics and Physical NFTs, in front of an audience of 100,000 people.
1: The hype beast glares at the TV while holding a folded up piece of paper firmly in his grip.
4: Hey, sir! Enjoying watching our TVs? Have you been clarified about the confusing name of the store yet? Hey, wait a second. Your face Polanski. I bet the listener hasn't picked up on that yet. That's right. Oh, well, happy to have you. Can I help you? Actually, actually, I was just hoping to
5: have a moment alone watching this TV here. I was gonna give a speech to myself under my breath, kind of like how they're doing movies in the 80s before they had you know, special effects. So even like Superman movies were about like fucking Lois Lane getting cancer because they had to make, if Superman fought anyone, he looked like a total boner. Anyway, in the movies, like if the guy or whatever, he always learn stuff going on from a bunch of TVs in a TV store. And then they say something like, or give himself a little hype, you know, about like what, what's going on, what's going on with the shit that they're gonna do when they have that information. Huh,
4: can you name, like, one movie that this happens in? No, but, like, I
5: got it. Like, if you don't have that from that, what I'm saying, you know, then you don't know what it is.
4: Well, let me know if you need anything. Have a fun speech.
1: The salesman walks away, and FaZe Polanski tries out a couple cool facial expressions until he finds a good one for speaking a speech with.
5: We used to be brothers. Not like brothers, like someone who is born from the same of your parents. But brothers, like Band of Brothers, with Captain uh, Dick Winters from and the office space guy, I would have gone to war with you. I would have taken a blow from a machine gun to my heart, and I still would have had the decency to tell you I was gonna betray you if I was, and you did what you did to me. But you know I'm the last people to ever betray anyone. Like when I got my tattoo of you, Yinz, and you said you'd get one of me, and then I did it, and you didn't do it, and it's like, damn, when I asked you, you said your skin got bit by a lizard so you couldn't do it, even though I've never seen you with a lizard, ever in your life. Like you're a homie that I changed your whole fucking life. Like I got you the FaZe Clan contract. I got Skittles to make you that purple M&M because you're like fucking royalty to me. Or you were before you were Abraham Lincoln and shot in front of me like I was John Milk Booth. Now it's my turn to be the jokester, to laugh at crime and I'm coming for you, Yins. And when I find you, bro, you are going to fucking die.
1: Walking past FaZe Polanski with little concern, we see a fluffy little kitty cat with classic tabby cat boots and mittens wearing a Bluetooth headset, irritably chatting with his agent. This is French Fry the Cat, and he has just learned something that is not to his liking. Meow, meow, meow. What do you mean the Netflix deal fell through? They didn't like the title? Fine, we can change it to... He's meowing what we're all thinking. Or how about, can he meow that? The preposterous mind of French Fry the Cat. Or heck, they don't want me up there just spinning my yarns and telling caustic truths? Fine, what if we get the original Cats of Comedy on stage with me? I'm talking about Funny Bone the Cat. He gets out of rehab in a few weeks. Top Hat the Cat, he's open to it. He gave me a very soft no. But you gotta work with me here, man.
4: I'm sorry, French Fry the Cat, but Netflix says the money's dried up for comedy specials. They just inked a big deal and can't spare cash for anything else. They just landed Dr. Yinz. He's the hottest artist in town. He's gonna do a stand-up special called Suck My Cum Towel. I'm talking here.
1: Man, that's so edgy. I can see why they chose it. But if I don't get a special, my cool nephew will never respect me. Look, I'm a little kitty cat. I know a thing or two about strings. But this time, you gotta pull some strings for me. And then after we play with the string, you need to call in some favors ASAP. French fry, this nephew, why do you keep bringing up how cool he is? Basically, he's a year old, so he's not a kitten, but not yet a cat. And he's got some really cool ideas and skateboards.
4: He kind of just sounds like an averagely cool young adult cat to me.
1: I can't describe it, man. You just got to meet him. He's really cool. The charisma on this kid, man, I swear. He really commands a room. He's like a feline Mr. Mephistopheles mixed with Mick Jagger, but also he's way younger and cooler.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah like a, a Rum Tum Tugger type. Fuck you, this conversation's over,
1: and in the meantime, I'm gonna have a few words with our friend, Dr. Yins.
4: Listen, Don't do anything reckless, French fry, and don't say so much about having a nephew. A lot of people in the industry said that Garfield was too old to work when he became an uncle.
1: No! Conveniently, just another block away, An aged rockabilly rocker has just wrapped up another perfect set of his 50's golden oldies and the crowd is going absolutely nuts, even though they are all still sitting down. Adorned in the finest red velvet blazer, he weakly thrusts his pelvis at the audience, bows, and sets his guitar down before heading off stage. The girls have rushed toward security to try to get backstage as he saunters to pick the floozy he is going to treat like a cum towel later. Girls from the audience are yelling at him as he walks by.
2: I love you, Gary Tasteman! Eat me! Eat me, Gary! Salt and pepper me! Eat me! Cook me in a big pot that you slice celery and carrots into! Come on, eat me! No,
1: Gary, eat me instead! I'm a little turkey! I slept up to my neck in a big carne asada marinade last night! Eat me! I love you, Gary! Gary looks disinterested at the women trying to get past security and puts his hands in his pockets. I ate a blonde
3: four times last week. Had a brunette, some redheads, eat girls of every color, creed, and religion. Maybe I'm getting soft in my old age, but I just don't feel like eating people anymore. I've ate them all. I hope I have a sudden realization about what I really want pretty soon. Suddenly, a
1: roadie wheels in a TV.
2: Uh, Duh, just thought while you were deciding on which women to eat for
1: dinner tonight that you might want to watch the news. Yinz is still sitting down for an interview with Barbara Walters on the TV.
2: You are famous for your skincare routine. Would you care to go over it?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yes, Barbara. I always salt and pepper myself before bed. Uh, I find that the best way to fight blackheads is to smother myself in a barbecue sauce once a day. Uh, At night, I like to just brine in a mixture of sugar and salt water. (laughs) Sometimes I accidentally fall asleep where I end up brining all night. And when it comes to bathing, uh, throwing a couple of bay leaves into the tub is a great treat for all.
1: Gary Tasman licks his lips.
3: Hold up. There's something about this fella I can't quite place. But it's like I'm hungry for the first time. Like the name of my first album. Could you do me a favor and get me a bib with that guy's face on it?
1: Uh, Yes, sir. Just next door, outside the venue, we see a balding man with a ponytail being manhandled by two security guards outside of a CVS and thrown into the street.
2: Yeah, you know, if you smell something, that doesn't mean you used it. You know, if that was true, I'd, I'd be arrested for smelling people's food when I go into restaurants to use the bathroom. I can smell all the deodorants that I want to find the one that's the best for me. And don't just stand there and look at me all tough. I've been kicked out of much nicer places than this, you know. And you'll see me again, by the way. Every shift isn't going to be able to memorize my face. I'll be back, and I'll start right back up again, opening and smelling every single deodorant, setting off all the weird anti-stealing alarms, ripping all the plastic off of everything, and there is nothing you, God or Satan, can do about it. About it. I bet you're feeling pretty dumb now. Didn't know I could give good speeches, huh? So why don't I just squeeze right back in there between you and continue exactly what I was doing. Why don't you just let me squeeze by you And ah, 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 ah. hey, you're choking me. Okay, I can still breathe. I can still talk. You aren't that good at this. Oh, there you go. You got it. Good joke.
3: Whoa.
2: Hey, why'd you let go? Right, come on. I... I could have held that choke for another 30 seconds and I would have been out, you know? <laughs> so, better luck next time, guy. Stupid CVS. Can't even hire guards that know how to choke people. <laughs> You're missing out, buddy. I'm gonna go to Lane Bryant instead and w- pretend that I work there so I can touch
1: all the clothes. Looming over the CVS, Walt sees a billboard that says Tomorrow at high noon, Dr. Yins heals the world with his masterpiece painting.
2: Good enough for me. I'll be there.
1: Down the street from the CVS, in a spare apartment with only a single light bulb swinging over a featureless brown table with one chair, we see a man underneath the single flickering light, clutching a picture of Dr. Yinz occasionally, in between cleaning his handguns. He crumples up the picture of Dr. Yinz dramatically. The man stands up, shirtless, and tucks the pistol into the ass crack of his black jeans. He slaps on black combat boots without socks and stuffs in a couple throwing knives. He straps on some riot armor knee pads. They have skulls on them. One has You Can You Up written on it in sharpie marker. The other one has Wingless Angel written on it in blood. He slaps on his Kevlar vest that has the flag of Alberta on it. He slaps on black leather pauldrons to his shoulders and fashions what appears to be a dog skull to it. He pulls on some fingerless, tight black leather gloves. They look really cool, but they take him like seven minutes to pull on. He then takes a big pull on some cool type of whiskey. Been a long time
4: coming, Yinz. You've ruined my career. The only prey I've never been able to catch. But come tomorrow, you're gonna be six feet under. Then, when you come out of your protective bunker, I'm gonna kill you and bury you. Six feet under. Only one thing left to do now.
1: Shed Shitley pulls out an M4 assault rifle, turns the safety off, and puts a bullet with Yin's written on it into the cartridge. He also then puts in a bullet with neighbor's dog written on it. The next day, just a couple hours before high noon, the crowd of 100,000 begins to gather at the Dr. Yin's Museum of Instant Classics and Physical NFTs for the unveiling of the painting that will heal the world. FaZe Polanski is wandering the spacious halls, darting back and forth from security guard to security guard, yelling at them and saying stuff like this.
5: Okay, so listen, like, you ever had a friend that you were like, you were chill with, and let's say you call dibs on a girl at a party or something, and he like, was receptacle to your dibs, listened to it, and he told you he would honor the dibs on that woman that you own. And then he's like, no way, man, this is like my little honey dip slice, I'm gonna bust her down and leave her empty like guys do. So that would be Dr. Yinz, who like totally took my dibs. My dibs was a contract, like in business, and he left me with no one to bust in and leave empty and destroy, even though like, I fucking cherish girls. I honor girls and women are dope too. They're all right. So you got to help me out, bro. You got to take me to Dr. Yinz, so that I can show him something that will kill him. Who hurt you? Who made you this way?
1: FaZe walks to the next security guard who is about four feet away.
5: Okay, so listen, like you ever had a friend that you were like chill with and let's say you called dibs on a girl at a party or something and he was receptive to your dib and listened to it, told you that he would, he would honor the dibs on the one that you own. And he's like, no way, man. This is my little honey dip slice and I'm going to bust her out. I'm going to leave her empty like guys do. Leave her on the side of the road. And that would be what Dr. Yin's who like totally took my dibs but my dibs is a contract and he left me with no one to bust in and leave empty and destroy even though i completely value girls and i honor girls and i love girls and even women sometimes and so you you gotta help you gotta help me out bro you gotta take me to dr
4: yin's so that i can show him something that will kill him look pal nobody's allowed in the main atrium until high noon you can see him at noon along with the other ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine people here to witness this masterpiece look bro i respect security guards because like
5: you drink too much to become cops or whatever and i respect that because like i like to i like to have fun i like to party too there's an island that tim the tap man owns where he has a tree that can hold grows like entire cans of white claws on it but maybe if you could see it in your chest to let me through so I can see Dr. Yins because like he he betrayed me and that means he's going to die today. So I just like slip through here. Faze Polanski tries to slide in between the security guards who gently push him back. And like that, that's why you guys are the best. You totally stopped me. And that's why like I, I came here. I have to humble myself. I have to sit on the knee and respect you guys for the boys in blue that you are wanting to be someday. Just, I love you guys. I just love you guys. You see? Me, like, I'm, I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter, but... As Faz
1: Polanski haggles with the guard, we see a man walk down the corridor wearing a big chef's hat of the classic variety. It is none other than famous crooner and rockabilly rocker Gary Tasteman.
4: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where do you think you're going? You think you're some kind of chef or something? <laughs> I guess you could say that. Welcome, chef. Dr. Yin's requested absolutely no sarcasm today, so cut the winking. Gary Tasman holds
1: his winking eye open with his finger.
4: Okay, ask me the question again. You think you're some kind of chef or something?
1: Gary Tasman tries to hold his eye open, but he still winks a little. <laughs>
4: I, I guess you could say that. Nah, good enough for me. Head back into the left.
1: Gary Tasman enters the kitchen, where they already have a giant cauldron boiling in the center of the room. Oh, mama. Oh, baby. Looks like they knew I was coming. Gary Tasteman takes out a big bib with Dr. Yin's on it.
2: Uh, are you the chef? We're not really sure why the museum has a kitchen, so we've just been hanging out in this hot tub sized cauldron. It's the only pot they have in the whole museum, so we we had to take it from the art soup exhibit. Basically, it's an exhibit where there's a bunch of paintings and sculptures and you get to throw them into a large bubbling pot. It's really fun, but we, you know, we needed to take the pot in order to cook with it.
3: Oh, Mama, you even have the classic wood fire under it. You ever see Forrest Gump? Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know when you're going to get to eat a guy. Let's get to cutting up some
1: celery and carrots in here. Wait
3: a, se-
2: wait a cool second. It's been a while since I've seen Forrest Gump. Surely he didn't eat a guy in it.
1: Gary Tasteman winks at the cook. What does that mean? What does that wink mean? What is this guy talking about?
3: Darling... Oh, darling, I'm gonna eat a guy. Don't tell me to stop. Don't ask me why. Just leave me here with all of my sins. Because tonight, I'm eating Dr. Yin's. Hey, man, are you a real chef? Oh,
1: yeah. Gary Tasteman pulls out a French chef's hat from seemingly thin air and puts it upon his head. Well. Good enough for me! As Gary Tasman continues singing his little ditty, a commotion can be heard from the vents overhead. Shed Shitley is sneaking solid snake style through the vents, but his tactical armor weighs many hundreds of pounds, and it is weighing him down. Basically, the vent looks like when a snake swallows a mouse, and you see the mouse just moving through the body in a big lump. So the vent is dangling like five feet lower than it's supposed to, and you can hear him grumbling to himself the whole time, like,
4: Fucking smoke grenade pin is stuck, fucking boiled peanuts, I'm gonna fucking have diarrhea again.
1: Suddenly, the vent snaps, and Shed Shitley plummets directly into the big cauldron. A smoke grenade immediately goes off and blows smoke everywhere. Out of pure reflex and instinct, as Shed-Shitley stands up in the large cauldron, he and Gary Tasteman immediately start exchanging right hooks to the jaw over and over again, just artlessly swinging and connecting with no defense in mind.
3: Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Hey, fuck you! Fuck you! Hey, fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you, fuck you buddy! Fuck you! Fuck
4: you! Fuck you!
1: Fuck you. Fall back! As Shed falls back, Gary Tasteman slides on the ground like a dang penguin on his belly and gets a nice little chomp of Shed's ankle. As Shed escapes through the door, Gary Tasteman turns back around to the cook to wink at him, a little bit of blood on his mouth. We follow Shed Shitley, leaving a small trail of blood as he enters the museum's famous Guns of History exhibit. He immediately starts sprinting toward the guns to rip them off of the wall.
4: Guns. Now these could kill a bastard.
1: He walks up to the first gun and reads the plaque underneath it. This gun is Big Smoke's Uzi from GTA San Andreas. He hoists it off the wall, inspects it to discover that it is already loaded and the safety is off, and he tests out the spray pattern by shooting it into the ceiling.
4: This is definitely a gun.
1: Down the wall, we see many other famous guns. The Needler that killed JFK. That gun with 12 barrels that killed Archduke whatever. The gun with the monkey nuts. Rambo's knife. The first gun of Roman times, where the bullet is a rock. Schrodinger's deagle, which is both loaded and not loaded at the same time until the trigger is pulled. A bazooka. NBA stupid S's custom Glock with his own autograph on the handle, which he famously used on stage on his last tour, the Kill My Enemies Tour presented by Sobe Lifewater. Nearby, Walt Tremblay has wandered into the exhibit. He's standing in front of a plaque that says Chekhov's gun.
2: Ah, Chekhov's gun, man. You know, they say Chekhov's gun is the only gun that always goes off.
1: Walt slowly picks up Chekhov's gun and inspects it.
2: You know, but the most important thing is that it always goes off for a purpose. You never know when this gun's gonna go off. Everybody's always sitting there like an idiot wondering, you know, when this gun is gonna,
1: ah! Walt accidentally fires the gun a bunch of times into the wall, spinning around on accident as the gun just kind of rattles off bullet after bullet.
2: False alarm, nothing happened. Nothing in the story happened. Nothing happened yet. You know, why is nobody stopping me from touching all these guns? Why'd somebody let this happen?"
1: Suddenly, Shed Shitley tosses a grappling hook through a skylight, sending broken glass everywhere, and he scurries up to the roof. Walt, in a panic, starts running away, Chekov's gun still in his hand. He sees a sign pointing him to the museum's adults-only section. No cameras allowed. He raises his eyebrows and tries to make eye contact with some of the service workers nearby, who all look at their feet instinctually. Walt waits about six seconds for someone to make eye contact with him and then he gives up and starts walking to the nasty part of the museum. There is a big velvet curtain in front of the adults-only section of the museum. Guys keep walking out of it with weirdly folded brown paper bags. Walt starts grinning ear to ear as he swings back the big velvet curtain and sees some of the blurriest low-resolution pornography that you have ever seen in your life, like printed out JPEGs as well as some pre 9 11 gateway computers with trackball mouses, all with Leisure Suit Larry loaded up on them. Suddenly, Walt hears a large thud behind him and spots two workers in the museum dropping off what appears to be a large golden statue of a person in a nearby room. Walt immediately heads over to talk to them to tell them that they are lifting the statue incorrectly.
2: You guys are carrying that all wrong. Your backs must be on fire lifting like that. You now, what is that thing? That guy made out of wax? I feel fine. Your back's got to be on fire. You'll feel it later. You got to lift with the elbows and the ankles. Those are fulcrums. You know what fulcrums are. I know since you work here, you didn't go to college, but a fulcrum, that's an important tool you should learn about. Hey, Do you want some water? I have two waters, and one is for me, so I can only give you one of them, or else you can share. I can't share mine because my lower back thing got mixed in with my lip thing. It's its a whole thing. One, one second, man. I... I'm starting to get a
1: headache both workers start gripping their heads and grunting in pain uh, uh, all of a sudden it appears that the statue is alive and the golden man hiding in plain sight is furrowing his brow it is opulence and he is funneling lethal amounts of psychic energy into the room as the workers fall to their knees walt seems unaffected
2: is it your back it's probably from back pain It hurts so bad and a lot of people think back pain is just migraines for guys, like in the fact that they're both fake. But here's the thing. They're both real, however, they're just mostly fake. You know, it's mostly fake people lying about. You can't prove it. You know what, deceptive people, you know, those kind of people, they jump on that. You know, migraines has suffered.
1: Walt does hand quotations around this.
2: Mostly by extremely deceptive people. You might think your head hurts, but in reality you need lactic acid for your back pain.
1: Suddenly, both heads of both of the workers explode and their brains go flying all over the room.
2: I've seen this before. There's gotta be a sniper looking at us. I must be next. All I have to do is make sure I tie my
1: shoe right when he takes the shot. Opulence musters up a psychic bolt of energy and fires it right at Walt's head. Just as the bolt is released, Walt goes to tie his shoe and it misses. Walt turns around to see opulence concentrating on him.
2: Whoa, you a guy? You a street performer? If you can't talk as part of your act, I won't tell anyone if you secretly talk to me. Hey, listen, you gotta get out of here. There's a sniper after me, and I only got one untied shoe left. You gotta get out of here. Opulence begins
1: mustering up the energy to attack Walt again.
2: Hey, you know what? You look like that movie trophy. What do you call it? Uh, you're like a big golden globe, but shaped like a person.
1: Opulence smirks for a second and halts his psychic attack.
2: Your flattery will get you nowhere. But for an unrelated reason, I have decided not to kill you. For now. You don't have to stay in character. You can just talk to me person to person. I am no longer human. I am a self-aware consciousness who is limited from ascending to godhood by its physical body. What's that? Like, Harry Krishna? All right, I'm bored now, and I don't want you to push your religious babble on me. I'm going to go look at the blurry pornography. Good
1: luck on your act. Walt turns around and walks into the adults-only section.
2: I'm inside. Good. Posing as a statue for a day straight was insanely easy for me. I need to stay focused. I already messed up and let one person live. Now I must locate Dr. Yin's and terminate him. I must destroy
1: the painting that will heal the world! Just then, a fuzzy kitty cat, known only as French fry the cat, comes trotting in, going meow meow meow. Meow meow meow! What is this? A giant award statuette? They must be presenting this to Dr. Yinz for his new stand-up special. It hasn't even been filmed yet and he's already winning awards? Humans have such a stupid idea of ownership. For example, they think that this statue belongs to Dr. Yin's just because he won it. However, in the world of cats, this statue will become mine simply by peeing on it. French Fry decides that he is going to use the statue as his very own litter box and gets ready to pee on it. Opulence instinctively starts shooting lightning everywhere, kind of like how a skunk sprays when it feels threatened. French Fry goes scurrying away, doing that run where he's really low to the ground. You know how cats do that? That's what he's doing. I gotta get me out of here right meow. Ain't no bones about it. All this commotion is causing me to lose my appetite, which, instead of food, I like to eat cat food, being a cat as I am. The crowd of 100,000 is starting to fill into the atrium. Panicked, French Fry heads straight toward a hallway blocked by two security guards who are getting bothered by some
5: sort of middle-aged hype beast. So, like I said, betrayal lasts forever in the hearts of the ones who, like, were there from day one, because money doesn't grow on trees, but friends do. Or you, you could hang out in them. French Fry scurries past the security.
4: Whoa, wait a second. Did that cat say no bones about it? That's hardly a cat pun. More of a dog pun. Or a skeleton one. Now a skeleton dog, that'd be perfect. You know what, I'm going to write that down.
1: French Fry evades the guards and dips into a room, which turns out to be the main atrium, where Dr. Yinz is currently preparing for the big event. French Fry scurries under a velvet drape to hide. From under the drape, French Fry hears Dr. Yinz talking to his agent on his next tell.
0: I told you, if I'm learning stand-up comedy for the first time and doing a stand-up comedy Netflix special, I want to have an edge to me. Do not take my edge away. My hero, Lenny Bruce, from that movie I watched the first half of, showed me that you can be an edgy comic and have a long, happy life. No, I don't want to hear how it ends, that ruins the movie! Now if you excuse me, I have to get back to my masterpiece, which is a painting that is currently safe and sound, under a velvet drape with no one else around to damage it. I hope nothing bad happens. No, I don't know why I'm saying this out loud right now, bye bye! Masterpiece?
1: This is it right here. You know what they say. When the cat's away, the mice will play. And while the mice play, the cat, in a different location, also decides to play. No bones about it. So, Dr. Yinz, you think you can ruin my comedy career? Well, it turns out this cat's got claws, and I can use them to ruin your art career. If only my cool nephew could see what I'm about to do. French Fry the cat uses his famous cat claws to scratch up the canvas, ruining all of Yinz's hard work. In his fervor, French Fry knocks over the painting and runs off with the velvet drape still over him. Meow, meow, meow. Damn, I can't get this drape off. Looks like the cat is still in the bag.
0: My drape is running away. Wait, I know that wisecracking tone anywhere. French Fry the cat? I knew your father.
1: My father? He ran away when I was just a kitten. He went out for a saucer of milk and never came back. He was a cat, you see. We do things just a little bit differently from you humans.
0: Looks like the cat is out of the bag. You. You ruined my painting. Someone stop that cat. Welp, gotta go.
1: There's no time to pause. I forgot that I have to leave. No bones
0: about it. That might work for a dog or a skeleton, but it doesn't make sense coming from you.
1: French fry with the drape still over him scurries away down a hall. My
0: painting ruined. What am I going to do? I have to present the most beautiful painting in the history of the world in 30 minutes. The world is not ready for my truth, for my beauty, for my vision of a world of plenty where cherry blossoms rain from the sky, where the only food is syrup, and the only water is wine.
1: Dr. Yen's pulls out a skull to hold in his hand theatrically as he waxes
0: poetic. Oh, how the berries will fill the stream, rush them down to the idyllic hills where children will fill their bellies on berry meat, the cherubs, oh, with their harpsichords. They start going nuts on those things, playing Sweet Child of Mine, and the children respond by singing Sweet Cherub of Mine for the cherubs. This is a world without ugliness, without anger, without malice, where we mostly sit around and eat candy that grows from trees. This This is the world that cat has taken away from us. This is the reality I have been sunk to. The world is a measly and mean place where everyone else alive in the world is basically a peasant from the Witcher. I wish I could throw up right now.
1: As Dr. Yin sulks, he spots something sticking out of his olive green Jansport backpack. He breaks out into a short smile.
0: I might have an idea. Dr.
1: Yins reaches into his Jansport backpack and pulls out an old golden bong. He begins to rub it, and our good friend Hashman appears in a puff of smoke. He coughs for about 15 seconds straight.
0: (coughs) Hashman, (coughs) my good friend, I need your help. (coughs) The painting "Oh Heal the World" has been vandalized. I need you to get the second most beautiful painting in the world. Hey, I have a plan.
3: Oh man, yes, Ginstock, is this a video game, man? I was just a Splinter Cell, man. No shit. I told Shirts I could go in there and sneak into stuff, and he said no. He bit me his dinner. I, I couldn't,
0: and I got lost in there for a week, man.
3: I was sneaking like crazy.
0: What's Sam Fisher like in real life?
3: Oh man, he's Jack, dude. And he smells really good. Like fresh wood or something crazy.
0: Like ponderosa trees?
3: Oh man,
0: that's a wild word, man. Hey man, you know like the moon has a a pool?
3: Me and Steez tried to bring some girls in in bikinis. They totally turned into like aliens in that pool, man. They were like still smoking hot though. Seashawked a big Lugie into it and scared him off, I think, because he like vanished when the poo
0: was glowing, you know? Okay, okay, Hashman, I'm conflicted because I'm having a really great time talking to you about this, you know? But did you hear what I said earlier about the, uh, the help I need? Yeah man, how long were you thinking? I got it. Don't worry about it. This is just like when Scotty Rains got
1: Manischewitz in a scorpion driver jacket before prom too. And I had to be like... Heshman's voice trails off as he walks toward and climbs into a painting of a beautiful glade. You can see a little painting version of him walking around for a second before he disappears off. And then immediately reappears on the other side of the wall where Gary Tasteman is singing a happy little song to himself as he drags away the body of a museum worker killed earlier by Opulence's psychic attack.
3: Got some dang. Onions. Celery. Carrots. (laughs) Yeah. This'll do nicely. Whoa! You got a big pot of boiling water you're gleefully slicing carrots into! That's so rad, man! I've only seen this shit in cartoons before! You're gonna cook a big guy in that, aren't you? I met Daffy Duck, by the way. He let me eat a part of him in a duck soup. His thigh, man. Kind of a weird guy. He kept grabbing my arm and telling me we needed to destroy all those 5G towers. Oh man, no way. I ain't gonna cook up a guy. That'd be crazy. This is a different recipe. Oh man, what recipe is that? Okay, Kimasabi. I gotta level with you. I only know one recipe, and the name of
1: the recipe is… A big anime sweat drop appears on his forehead before he suddenly lunges at Hashman. Hashman remains perfectly still and just keeps muttering, Whoa, oh man, as Gary bites into his neck like a vampire. Hi, hey, Grumba! Don't have a cow, man! Eat my shorts! Hashman disappears into a puff of smoke as Gary Tasteman sits on the floor. His pupils start dilating to the point where he looks like a human anime. Oh,
3: what the? I feel like I'm hanging out with Elvis again, but about the dozens and dozens of underage girls. I feel funny. That kid, really skunky, with afternotes of lemon. His essence is a blend of skunk, berry, and fresh grapes. The effects seem to be deeper, relaxing, sleep-inducing and a great option for full-body pain relief. The short onset of effects appear to make a perfect nighttime strain for those who suffer from insomnia. Oh man, I'm starving. I don't got time to cook no guy all the way through to 165. I gotta get a snack before eating yins.
1: Gary Tasman unhinges his jaw so he can eat the security guard whole, leaving the guard's uniform behind on the ground, like one would do with peanut shells at a baseball game. I don't know if you have ever eaten a whole guy raw before, but even if you somehow can unhinge your jaw, it takes a damn minute. After about three minutes, Gary Tasman has swallowed up to the man's torso, making a bunch of weird retching sounds the entire time. Suddenly, Walt Tremblay bursts into the hallway.
2: Oh, holy smokes, what's going on here? Whoa! heavens a Betsy, are you kidding me? Oh, oh, my bad, buddy, I'm going my bad you know don't worry about me seriously don't stop because of me i'm leaving i'm out of here have fun be safe i didn't see anything you know i don't know i didn't notice anything about you okay you know what are you 6-1 i'm just kidding man i'm leaving i don't want any part of what's going on here that's for sure mom's the word my lips are sealed i'm getting out of here right now
1: Gary looks on expectantly as Walt puts his hands in his pockets and starts rocking back and forth on his heels doing some sort of real-life idol animation.
2: See, I was just looking for the bathroom, right? I got a great deal on this, uh, kefir. You know keffer? Kefir, kefir. I got like thirty gallons of it off of a pallet I ordered from a Chinese website. Not to be racist, but the website was Chinese. I guess it worked fine. I didn't have to point out that the website is Chinese. Anyway, it's fermented already, and it goes bad instantly. So I'm chugging it down before it turns to cottage cheese. You know, I think it's turning into <laughs> I think it's turning into cheese in me. You know, it's from like Armenia, like the North Caucasian mountains. Basically, the most ethnic type of white people you know it's disgusting you know there's a reason why no good food comes from there anyway i would like to hang around and chat but you know this weird yogurt is running right through me you know it's weird when foreigners put that h in yogurt and it becomes like yogurt unless you're foreign then please don't get mad at me i hope you aren't foreign because a foreign rockabilly i don't know if i could handle that right now anyway it's coming out of me i gotta ski daddle i'll talk to you
1: later Walt whistles as he walks slowly with his hands still in his pockets, peeking his head into every l- room along the way to the bathroom. When he gets there, all of the stalls are filled, so Walt just kind of loiters around in there. He starts assertively yanking on each stall door one by one, even though all of them are very clearly occupied.
2: Occupado!
5: Dog, I'm in here. Why are you saying Occupado?
2: I overthought it. My bad.
5: Walt is still yanking on the door. I'm in here, dog. Stop trying to get in.
2: That's. I'm sorry.
1: Walt gives it one more yank before walking to the next stall. Inside of the stall, FaZe is staring angrily at his forearm tattoo that he got of Dr. Yinz's face.
5: I fucking know you, bro. I know everything about you, bro. I let you in my house. I showed you my wine cellar, but for White Claws and also the White Claws that go bad down there and instead of getting better. We were brothers, man. We played Kane and Lynch together. I watched you get that Instagram baddie to your room just by talking about all the lore from Dragon Age Inquisition. And then you didn't even fuck her. You just braided her hair. That's the that's the craziest, most elfish thing I, I've ever seen. And then to have you betray me like this, you shouldn't have let me in, man. Because now I know how to hurt you more than ever. You're gonna die today, Yins. I know you always you always come to the bathroom before a big show so that you can eight-mile yourself. You're gonna puke and then you're gonna look at yourself coolly in the mirror and you're gonna get hyped up thinking about everything bad that has ever happened to you. And when you get in there, I'll be waiting and you're fucking done,
1: We cut back to Walt, just outside the stall, who is reaching for the next stall door to open it. As he reaches, Shed Shitley is seen inside, taking a shit and cleaning his gun. Occupado!
2: Ah, fuck, I'm taking a shit.
1: Shed accidentally fires his handgun into the shin of Walt. (laughs)
2: Oh, wise guy, huh? You could have just said Occupato like everybody else. Sheesh, what
1: a character. Walt, in spite of his fresh gunshot wound, calmly walks to the next stall. Inside, Shed looks wild-eyed and manic. He slowly puts the gun away and pulls up his pants.
4: I told myself I would stop shooting people when I got scared. I can't blow this. I need... Yin's dead so I can work again. I've blown too much of my cover. I need to get to the rafters. It's time for Operation Owen Hart.
1: Shed Shitley zips down his urban combat armor vest to reveal that he is covered in homemade C4 and grenades. He then stands on the toilet, pushes open a tile in the ceiling, and sits back down holding one of the biggest fucking guns you have ever seen in your life.
4: Just a precaution. Hopefully I won't need to blow myself to nasty shit. Just need to hit one Perfect shot. The Barrett Model 82A1 anti-materiel precision rifle shoots fucking 50 caliber machine gun ammo that'll blow a hole the size of an elephant's asshole into your empty head. Custom fitted with a handheld drone with a bunch of chef's knives taped all over it. It's got a custom bayonet head that can shoot off about 10 feet. Not much, but if a guy is, you know, 10 feet away, it'll distract him with a pretty good scratch. It's got a bottle opener, can opener, barometer. Screwdriver, if I dip the front of this gun in some water, it'll tell me the pH level. Oh yeah, this'll do just fine. Better say your last prayers, Yens. I'm about to stomp you to shit and shit you into hell.
1: As Walt pulls on the third stall door, we see French fry the cat inside. Where a toilet should be, there's a litter box instead. But French fry has already finished using the litter box. Instead he's lying on his back pawing at a banana peel, trying to scratch it open. Meow, meow, meow. Dr. Yens will pay the ultimate price for his crimes against me, the price of humiliation. When he slips on this banana peel right before he plans to unveil his masterpiece, he will be so embarrassed that he will die instantly. That is, if the fall doesn't kill him first. Meow meow meow. It's the perfect plan. I know I use that one all the time, but perfect is just a word that comes up a lot. From next door in Shed Shitley's stall, French Fry the Cat sees a jingly string that distracts him from the banana he's trying to peel. True to the nature of a cat, he cannot help himself, and absent-mindedly swipes at the string as Shed Shitley stands up. With a tug of the string, he pulls off all the grenades and tactical weaponry that Shed has strapped to himself. Satisfied with this, and forgetting his banana peel plan, French Fry trots out of the stall to go traipsing down the hallways.
2: You know, finally an open stall. Used to be you could always find an open stall. I guess people just spend more time in the bathroom these days, you know, because all the heavy grain diets and the G- the GMOs, you know, they got kids eating quinoa. <laughs> no kids should have to eat quinoa. Well, 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 what is this? Uh, I thought this was a bathroom stall, but it's just a litter box in here. Do people use this? You know, will people get mad at me if I use this? Wait, is this a different culture thing? So if I don't use the different culture thing, will people get mad at me, say I'm a racist or something? Alright, that settles it. I'm gonna shit in the litter box. What was I thinking, you know? (laughs) Oh, I'm the Queen of England, Mr. Too-Good-To-Use-A-Litter-Box! Oh, hello, Mr. Rockefeller, here's your Clams Casino, and by the way, in your bathroom full of golden diamonds, you have a toilet instead of a box of sand, Mr. Hotshot. You make me sick, hypothetical millionaire that I just imagined.
1: Walt pulls down his pants and tries to figure out how to use the litter box. He tries squatting over it, leaning against a wall, lifting one leg up, etc. As he struggles, we see and hear FaZe Polanski exiting the stall less than one second after he flushes. He cruises right by the sink without washing his hands and heads straight to the door.
5: Fuck vibes in here, man. I'm speedrunning this bathroom and I'm getting right to Yin's right now. And if I was him, I'm wondering where would I be? And like if I was him, would he be me? Cause then he'd be so he'd be so mad at me right now. Fuck man, if I was Yins, I'd be looking at let's see, antiquated vintage pornography taken with like a long exposure camera where the guys had to sit there and the woman not thrusting for like two hours so the picture wasn't ruined.
1: Faze Polanski suddenly starts sprinting toward the adults only section of the museum.
5: I don't have time to read these signs, bro. I make too much fucking money to spend time reading, like how Bill Gates doesn't pick up Penny because he loses money if he does because a penny is like lower than a fucking dog to him.
1: Around the corner, Opulence has just finished buttoning up the security guard outfit left behind by Gary Tasteman as a winded FaZe Polanski appears in front of him. Bro,
5: I respect you because you like, you exceed your prestige and class, your gold skin, like you're a statue of the monkey in Amazon. But just because you're like a lower class person who works security, like I made it from nothing and you can too. Can you tell me where to find the porno part of the museum with all the pornos from the olden times, so old that the the girls are all dead now, which means that it's art because nobody can make themselves like, it's to be crude, but like, like you can't nut to it. Can you help me find that? Silence.
2: Merely follow the turgid purple line on the floor. It goes to the porno section, which you seek.
5: It's not what I seek, it's like for a friend or what you call the opposite of a friend once they do something to you and when they did it, it was like so raw that you wanted to kill them like by any me necessary.
1: Opulence thinks to himself. Yes,
2: it's working. He fell for my disguise.
5: Okay, well, I'm like gonna go kill him now. Thanks, Opulence.
1: Opulence freezes when he hears his own name. FaZe hurries off down the turgid purple line to head for the pornography section of the museum.
2: How? How did he know?
1: Opulence looks at the security guard's name tag. It says Opulence Ohanahan on it.
2: Ah, merely a coincidence. Opulence is a popular name these days. Hmm, maybe with this uniform I can skip all the trivialities and head to the main atrium before the crowd gathers. When Dr. Yin shows himself, I will end his life with one of my world-famous psychic attacks. I must perform my psychic attack with the utmost clarity.
1: Passing as a security guard, Opulence walks right past the other guards and into the main atrium, where Dr. Yinz is chain-smoking Wesson's brown cigarettes and working on some kind of high-tech contraption with a hammer. Basically, he has one nail in his mouth and one Wesson, and he accidentally tries to take a puff of the nail and hammer the cigarette into the machine because he's so flustered. As Opulence strolls up to Yinz, ready to unleash his psychic attack, Yinz appears annoyed.
0: I'm trying to not be a deal or anything, but uh, this is my big moment. Could you go away? I have a lot more smoking and nailing to do before this thing is done. This is nothing personal. I must trim the fat of humanity. Pretty cool thing to say. Thank you.
1: Opulence focuses intently on Yinz's mind, attempting to tear it into a million little pieces. Psychic energy fills the room in the same way it does in movies when there's a big magic thing happening. A bunch of stuff gets lifted into the air and starts spinning around, and that's it. Yin seems completely unaffected, even bored. His bright yellow Nextel phone chirps as it flies around the room. Yin snags it out of the air and checks his text messages.
0: Oh wow, my uh, Nord Mental VPN says I am currently the target of a psychic attack. This is something I don't want to deal with right now. Oh man, I am swamped.
4: No way!
2: He... 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 blocked it! His power is immense! Fine. I guess I'll just get a gun. What's up?
1: What's up? Opulence storms off as Dr. Yins continues to work on his elaborate contraption. Just then, Hashman returns through the painting of the beautiful glade, climbing out of the painting ass-first and falling a bit on the ground.
0: Oh, hey Hashman, uh, you just missed a cool psychic attack. Oh man, was there some stuff spinning around the roof? Oh, for a second, yeah. Did you get it? Oh
3: man, you're going to love it, man. You're going to freak out. Dude, this painting is so choice. It's about the second choice thing I've ever seen, man. First choices thing was when my boy Scotty Rains trying to jump off this cliff by this lake, you know what you fetch girl man? And he did front flip and landed on his back, man. And his shorts flew in the water. And like the girls we were with, man, they were crazy. They stole swim trunks and microwaves and stickers inside of it, man. It was crazy. Look was coming out of all of our noses, man. We didn't even drink any.
0: Why did they have a microwave at the lake? Hey
3: man, I got the painting. Some of the big velvet drape, just like you asked for.
0: This will have to work for now. Thank you, Ashman. Sincerely, your goodwill towards your fellow man is truly inspirational. You are the guns to my roses.
3: <laughs> All right, man. I gotta screw out of here, man. I promised a chick that we were gonna watch the office together, that
1: I'd jump into the TV and introduce her to Kevin. Heshman <laughs> starts rotating like a screw, sinking through the floor into the basement below the main atrium there he sees gary tasteman with his giant bubbling cauldron and a hacksaw
3: hey man am i like right beneath the podium right now pretty close man you seem a lot more mellow this time around hey sorry for freaking out and biting you i guess it's easier to just like i don't know let me make sure i'm saying this right i'm pretty high right now i guess at the end of the day it is easier for me to personally to kill and eat people than it is to admit that i was wrong I guess that's why I chased away the love of my life. Her name was Sue V. It's a little on the nose. She wanted me to open up more. And I wanted her to eat her. It was doomed to fail. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's heavy. This one time Raz was dating this chick with web feet. It was like, dude, a total ten. And then I see those suckers and I'm like, nasty. You walk around like Howard the Duck. What were we talking about? I feel like it's been like 20 minutes since I said anything. I don't know man, I'm going to trap this conversation now. Here man,
1: have a beanbag chair. I'm out of here. Hashman exhales a plume of smoke that manifests a normal beanbag chair as he slowly floats down through the floor. Wait man,
3: you didn't tell me if I was exactly below the podium or not.
1: I forgot. Hashman disappears. Gary Tasteman sighs and sits down on the beanbag chair. Oh yeah, now I get why beanbag chairs exist. Elsewhere in the museum, Shed Shitley climbs a rope up to a second story exhibit called the Hall of Assassinations. Basically, it has a bunch of classic memorabilia from some of people's favorite and most iconic assassinations. We're talking about the Ford Theater balcony where Lincoln was hanging out, the classic grassy knoll of JFK and this crazy straw John Lennon was drinking tea with when he was shot they got sirhan sirhan in a zoo cage they got archduke ferdinand's baseball cap they have the entirety of the chicago police department shed starts setting up his big fucking gun on the out <clears throat> shed starts setting up his big fucking gun out on the grassy knoll which conveniently overlooks yinz's speaking position
4: all right in position now we're just doing target practice like i do in my backyard which is filled with hundreds of pictures of Dr. Yin's that I shoot at for eight hours a day while sitting on the taken-out middle seat from a Dodge Grand Caravan. It's time to air this fucker out Alberta-style. This one's for the People's Party.
1: All of a sudden, Opulence appears behind Shed Shitley after eavesdropping on him.
2: Halt! Citizen! Are you attempting to kill Dr. Yin's Lubyana because of his painting, too? Painting? What painting? The big deal. The reason why all this museum stuff is going on. Dr. Yin's painted his first painting, and it's a really big deal to these... cattle.
4: I'm not worried about the painting. I've just been trying to kill that sick son of a bastard for years. Call me old-fashioned, but if you agree to kill a guy, you have to spend your whole life trying to kill him to prove some kind of point that I'm not sure of to myself and others.
2: I will allow you to remain in this position. I will set up in the Ford Theater balcony. My abilities far exceed yours. The Yin's shot is mine to take. Oh, come on.
4: Dibs. I called Dibs on the shot. Dibs is
2: an infantile concept which inferior humans use to obfuscate the fact that life is an unrelenting struggle over limited resources, which simply cannot be dibbed. No, no, you will not take this away from me. Dr. Yin's is mine, capiche? Allow me to show you a demonstration.
1: Opulence holds out his hand in a slightly fruity way and manifests psychic energy into his hands, which slowly begins to craft the farsight gun from perfect dark into material reality.
2: BEHOLD! The physical manifestation of pure hatred that I harbor against beauty!
1: Shed stares blankly with a slack-jawed expression. Opulence takes a seat in the Ford Theater balcony. Shed, seemingly peeved, begins to collect up his gear and move into a new position.
4: This gold guy's cramping my style. He's going to take my shot. Time to improvise. Operation Owen Hart is back on.
1: Shed shoots a harpoon gun into the ceiling above him, where some vents apparently connect with the rafters or something. He bulldozes his way into a vent and starts crawling through them to position himself above the stage where Dr. Yins will present the painting. As the 100,000 spectators begin filling into the atrium... Opulence sees French Fry the cat on an adjacent balcony near the adults-only section. The cute little tabby cat with the vest and the little mittens is fumbling around trying to carry a single banana peel in his mouth. It seems he is trying to figure out how to fling it toward the podium below, where Dr. Yin's will shortly give his speech. Next to French Fry, there is an unattended golden gun, but for cats. Like uh, basically, instead of a trigger, you fire the gun by pulling a string pretty weird gun to have on display but who am i to say what is art and what isn't art from the overlook we see walt tremblay elbow his way through the crowd basically touching every single person's forearm on the way he forces himself into a primo spot at the front of the stage where dr yens will reveal his painting
2: yeah this guy you know, this guy, uh, he, uh, he thinks he can make the painting that could heal the world, you know, supposed to be some beautiful painting. I tell you what, he's probably just going to unveil the Mona Lisa, you know, you know, that Mona Lisa. You guys know the Mona Lisa, you know, they base that movie off of it. Mona Lisa Smile, you know, you never see the Mona Lisa in that movie. What a gyp. And by the way, jit means gypsy, so you can't say that anymore. So I just wanted everyone in my general vicinity to know that I'm sorry. Anyway, I bet you five bucks it's going to be the Mona Lisa. The most beautiful painting in the world, the Mona Lisa. It'll be there. I'm calling it. I'm going to snap a pic on my Kodak here. Haven't busted it out in
1: like seven years. It smells weirder than I remember. I'm sorry. All of a sudden... That song from 8 Mile about the spaghetti starts blaring on all of the museum's fancy new overhead speakers. Walt is still talking, but the music drowns everything out. Then, the crowd comes alive and starts screaming as they see Dr. Yinz Labiana come out on stage wearing the purple and black leather suit from Eddie Murphy Raw. He's doing all the hype-up moves. He's raising the roof. He's doing the sprinkler. Dr. Yins Labiana does the Tootsie Roll. Suddenly, his face goes pale. He runs up to the microphone.
0: Wait, wait, wait! This is this is all wrong. I forgot something. Have you all seen the movie Eight Mile? I, I forgot to Eight Mile in the bathroom. The crowd kind
1: of mumbles in confusion as Dr. Yen's runs back off the stage and into the bathroom. The crowd seems confused and in disarray. No one knows what's going on. Then, out of nowhere, the crowd goes nuts. We see the one and only Sam Elliott in his iconic cowboy hat and mustache stroll out onto the stage, clacking his spurs the entire time.
0: Howdy, y'all. I was just drinking a sarsaparilla down yonder trail and talking to my good friend, Dr. Yuns. Now, he's a peculiar feller, but I've known him since he was knee high to a Boy, he was a handful but we always had a hot killin' time together. Now, I may just be a simple country cowboy, fighting with six shooters, chasing bank robbers, and drinking up all the sweet tea and lemonade. But I know a little thing too about art. Sure, I'm backwards. Where I grew up, tumbleweeds were our basketballs. There were about a dozen horses in our town, and one was mayor. Our main expert was dust. Do you get it? It was backwards, but guess what? Art is the twinkling of a North Star as Javier picks it a banjo. Art is true drunken cowpokes trying to shoot the wings off of a fly. Art is a good hot bowl of chili and some salsa from New York City. Art doesn't create, it reveals a dusty old pokey trail long forgotten in your heart that leads back to the childlike tenderness. (laughs) Huh. Listen to me, just an old cowboy murdering up some flat dudes to all y'all bored people. You humble me, you truly do. Well, it's about this time, I figure I should push open those two tiny saloon doors and get myself a sip of maybe something just a little stronger than this here sarsaparilla. I think it's about time for this old chunk of coal to- We cut
1: to Dr. Yin's running into the bathroom so that he can eight mile before presenting his painting. He immediately heads to the mirror to splash some water on his face. Then, dramatically, we see FaZe Polanski emerge in the mirror behind him.
5: Oh, there you do. Arr! Fuck! Oh, hey there, FaZe. What's up? You still- Why don't you shut the fuck up, Yens? I am something to show you. And you're gonna die when you see it. Probably not, but okay. We cut back to Sam Elliott, who
1: is now spinning around two revolvers on stage while the crowd is absolutely going nuts, completely eating it up. There are young women throwing their bras and diaphragms and stuff on stage, trying to get Sam Elliott horny enough that he will plow them later.
0: I hope you all enjoyed my little 6 shooter spectacle. Now I'm dog-tired like a mule, but worked like an ox. So I guess it's time I set this dusty trail on which the sun's setting. Remember one thing. This one very important thing. All I was doing this entire time was buying some time for my friend, Dr. Yens. I think I hear him coming back now.
1: All of a sudden, we notice the saw that has been poking through from the bottom of the stage, cutting a perfect circle around the podium. Sam Elliott falls through the hole into a large pot of boiling water which instantly starts cooking him. Oh, mama!
0: I got him! I got Dr. Yinz! Well, bitch, and be a lawyer. I reckon this pot is higher than the Amarillo Sun at high noon. I'm boiling like a hound dog on the porch of the summer solstice. I'm sweating like a prostitute in any non-unitarian church. Wait, that stuff you're saying is way too folksy to be yins.
1: Dr. Yin starts jogging back out onto the stage looking a bit pale. He starts doing his trademark flexing in order to get the crowd back hyped up. It works and the energy in the room is electric as he saunters up to the painting with the big velvet drape over it. Walt is standing in the front row.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, aliens, wizards, skeletons, human and unhuman alike, welcome to what I hope is a momentous event in human history. Are you ready to see the painting that will heal the world?
1: The crowd goes wild. Dr. Yinz cups his hands to his ear.
0: I can't hear
1: you. The crowd is ecstatic. Everyone is secretly hoping a riot will break out after this. That's how much energy we are talking. We are talking Hitler giving a speech amount of energy in the room. Say what you want about the guy, but he's got the star factor. Not to be political or anything.
0: Are you ready?
2: And hey, that's going to be the Mona Lisa. It's, it's got to be the Mona Lisa.
1: Here I go. As Yinz reaches for the painting, you see a large mass of person in weird black riot armor fall to the ground in front of Dr. Yinz. It is shed shitly, who has fallen out of a rafter 100 feet to the ground? He is badly bleeding and he is trying to say something cool even though his tongue is swollen. His big gun is bent at a 90 degree angle.
0: Are you trying to say the yin's justify the means?
1: No, you took my cool line. Fuck you. Shed Shitley pulls at a small string in his jacket. You hear a clink, and then nothing happens. Shed zips open his battle armor and looks inside. All of his grenades and homemade C4 is gone. In its place is just a little kitty litter.
0: Okay. Good try, man. Uh, better luck next time. I'm sorry to be rude, but I want to finish my thing, so.
1: Shed's eyes roll into the back of his head and he instantly passes out on the floor and a snoring bubble forms on his nose and he's making the me-me-me-me-me-me-me sounds. Dr. Yins casually rolls him off the stage and onto the ground.
0: Okay. Awkward.
1: 100,000 people laugh harder than you ever have in your life followed by raucous cheering.
2: All this whole bub just for the Mona Lisa, I bet. I told you. Remember that I told you, right? The Mona Lisa. That's what it's going to be. Promise.
0: Before I reveal the painting that will heal the world, I have some words that I would like to say. I'd like to thank my publicist at Netflix. I'd like to thank my agent, Joy, and my lifelong friend, Sam Elliott, who I'm not sure where he went, Uh I'd like to thank my friend Hashman for helping me out today and for telling me a funny anecdote about some swimming trunks, a Snickers, and a microwave. I'd like to thank Chewy Chips Ahoy for making those great little guys. Uh, I also want to thank the Keebler elves for being so humble. When I set out to paint my first painting, I thought that I should only do one and make it the best painting of all time. And I did. I did not study art at all or look at most art. I just looked inside of myself and tried to think of some cool and beautiful shit. Um, I remember the moment when I first thought of a painting that will heal the world. I was in Barbados getting my hair braided from my barber. He's really more of a braider though. He introduced me to Limbo. I hope you all get a chance to meet him one day. To me, beauty is a fancy word for pretty, but also means beautiful. I remember that I was eating chicken wings in my car when.
1: Before Yins can finish his thought, a gunshot rings out. Headshot. Dr. Yins goes down. As he stumbles to the ground, he clutches the velvet drape in his hand, revealing the painting beneath to be the Mona Lisa. I know! Be the Mona Lisa! Amid the chaos, Barbara Walters runs to the front of the crowd with a microphone and clutches the dying Dr. Yins in one arm with the other arm shoving a microphone in his face.
2: Yins, did you see them? Who did it? Who shot you, Dr. Yins? It was
1: the smartest, nicest,
0: the coolest guy
1: in the room. Dr. Yins winks, and then the life leaves his eyes.
2: He's dead. Dr. Yinz is dead, and everyone here had a motive. Everyone important, anyway. I told you. Where'd that person next to me go? You tell them that I called it. You gotta tell everybody I called it. I knew it was the Mona Lisa. I knew it.
1: You hear the chaos and the pandemonium around him as everyone runs out of the atrium except for Walt. After a moment, the police swarm in and tackle Walt.
2: Ah, nuts. They're going to Richard Jewel me. Just great. Just what I need. Welcome to the jungle.